Let's don't waste any time. Let's get going. So much to talk about. It's Monday morning live coming off a Rockstar cover, which sounded fantastic. Rockstars behind the big glass. Tyler's there, too. Taylor Korn handling everything social media. And that is Tom Luganbill of ESPN. And, uh, Tom, we'll get to the Week 11 results and looking ahead to Week 12 and talking about the college football playoffs. But let's start with a story that's even a big story around here. It's resonating around here, too, because there's been a lot of discussion over the years about Jimbo Fisher. And Texas A&M gets rid of Jimbo Fisher on a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. I know it was a big topic for you guys yesterday on your Sirius XM show. Are, are you surprised it happened now at this point into the season and that it's happening at all? No, I'm, I'm not surprised. In fact, I thought Ross Bjork's comments were were accurate and uh, and spot on. It's a program that's stuck in neutral right now. And I think the timing of this has more to do with the fact that they didn't want this Texas A&M team to go into the LSU game and somehow win the game. And now all of a sudden, it becomes more difficult to make this decision. And you're in the same spot you were in last year saying, oh, okay, there's a little hope here. Maybe the trajectory is going in the right direction. Um, listen, this is one of those scenarios where the bottom line is this is a football team that does not play to the level of its talent. They do not know how to close out or win games. Um, and when I say to the level of its talent, its talent doesn't equate to its production. And um, that is a direct reflection of coaching and development, unfortunately, in this business. So, uh, the money is what it is. Uh, Texas A&M can more than afford to do this um, if they choose to do so. And now you've got to account for $76 million on top of whatever the contract's going to be of who you go after next. So really not surprising. I said on our show yesterday, as, as, as you mentioned, you were listening. This is a program with just about every available resource known to man. They want for nothing. Tremendous fan base, an unbelievable university endowment, maybe the best in the country. The facilities are second to none. You have recruiting prowess. You have all of this. Yet they have two 10-win seasons in the last 25 years. Two. Yep. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. This is not, this is not an eight-win program given the level of their resources. It's just not. And that's why we're sitting here today where we're at. Well, uh, my grandmother nanny used to tell me money can't buy you happiness, son, and they they're going to try to do it. Nineteen for those that are asking in the chat room, nineteen point two million dollars will be deposited into, I assume, a direct deposit into Jimbo Fisher's checking account within sixty days. Then he gets seven point two million dollars a year until twenty through twenty thirty one, totaling around seventy six million dollars. Now, Ross. Bjork was hinting that maybe it will not be that big a number yesterday, that there's some wording in the contract they're going to work through. Uh, And Bjork said there was robust discussion on Thursday night, but it was ultimately his decision. It was ironic that the 12th Man Foundation did present that check to the school at halftime of a game that Texas A&M won against Mississippi State. The 12th Man Foundation is the boosters, and they presented a check of $160 million to Bjork at halftime. So they were like, here, here, we've got the money. Here's a big check. Let's talk about the candidates. And this is Monday Morning Live, brought to you by our friends at MyBookie, mybookie.ag. Right now, we've got a 50 
percent deposit match for your first deposit right now just go to mybookie.ag mybookie.ag use the promo code next round to claim your bonus full slate of nfl coming up week 12 of college football all the great college basketball this weekend you can bet anything anytime anywhere with mybookie mybookie.ag promo code next round gets you 50 percent bonus on your deposit match right there Three candidates seem to be the biggest. I want to start at the bottom with Dan Lanning first because the 37-year-old who's very popular around these parts, a lot of fans here want him to be the next guy Mm -hmm. to follow Nick Saban. He had a little time briefly in Tuscaloosa, then went to with Kirby Smart at Georgia, so he's a great recruiter, knows the SEC. Mm -hmm. But Oregon just gave him a new contract that, if I am correct, includes a $20 million buyout. I can't I can't really pay a guy seventy six million dollars and then go buy out another guy for twenty million dollars and then pay this guy whatever he's gonna make, right? Or can I if I'm Texas A and M? Of course you can if you want to. Um <laughs> it's not a matter of if. I mean the, the the bottom line is um, you know, you've gotta you've gotta go out and identify who you think is the right guy and then weigh those factors after the fact. Listen, I and I feel really strongly about this, and I understand it's Texas A&M, and I understand that there are a lot of, of folks, particularly tied close to that program, that feel like this is an elite-level program that would draw an elite-level coach that would send a signal and that would be flashy and all of those sorts of things. Well, the way I look at that is this decision needs to be far more about substance than it does about flash. If if I was involved in this process, one of the questions I would be asking is, who's out there that has built and sustained a high-level championship-level program? Who's out there that's done that with little to no resources or marginal resources? Who's been able to develop players? And I think that's a really, really critical component to all of this because – and. I want to be careful with my words here, but one of the issues I think plagues Texas A&M, Jim, is while they have a bunch of great athletes and a bunch of great players, I think you can legitimately ask the question, what are the players' motivations in today's world of name, image, and likeness in Transfer Portal? Is it to win a championship? Is it to be the best possible player you can be for Texas A&M to do everything you can to win the SEC and get to a college football playoff? Or is it just to make money? Is it just to earn money on name, image, and likeness and your name coming out of high school as being a a high-level recruit? And I I have a sneaky suspicion that that's a little bit a part of the problem there, is where's the motivation and the loyalty and the dedication to being excellent, to being a champion? And I think they need to bring a guy in from a player development standpoint that makes that priority number one. And if guys don't like it and guys feel like, oh, well, I'm not getting mine, all right, well, that's what the transfer portal's for. And a coach is going to be going to be staunch enough to stand on those principles and say there's the door, but this is how we're going to do it around here. And I think that's got to be a big component to those decision makers as well. Tells, uh, Tesla Talk says, where's the motivation for the coach? If you got a $76 million guarantee buyout, what motivates you to get up and go to work every day? Right. Yeah, great, great point right. there. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, the next 60 days, Jim, I mean, how's Jimbo Fisher going to put food on his table? Yeah, I know. I mean, he's got he's yeah. got to he's got to take what he saved, wait, I hope. See. Yeah. I hope he saved well. I mean, yeah. really. Got to got to dip in there. Landmine believer says take landing out of your mouth. He's waiting on Alabama. And uh and then there are others who are, you know, are asking about A&M and it's just an A&M problem. NH3425 says Elko's been there. He'd be the first call for me. Lenny has no reason to leave Oregon now that they got into the Big Ten, which is a great point by him. Mike Elko's another name that's on this list, and he was a defensive coordinator there for a while, including that 2020 season. They got Jimbo Fisher even more money back then. He's 46 years old. He's gotten Duke to back-to-back bowl games. Tough loss this past weekend to North Carolina. Um, yeah. The other guy that's being mentioned is Jeff Trailer who I saw a couple of folks, including my friend Bruce Bruce Feldman and then Adam Rittenberg at ESPN, both describes, describe him as maybe the best cultural fit for Texas A&M on the board because of his roots in high school and being from East Texas. He's 55, and he's done a wonderful job with UTSA. Tell me about those two guys in your opinion. So I, I think Mike Elko obviously understands the the landscape there, the infrastructure there. Um, having spent time at Texas A&M, done a wonderful job at Duke. In fact, you mentioned that North Carolina game this weekend. They took North Carolina double overtime on the road with a third-string freshman quarterback. Things have not gone well for them from an injury standpoint as it relates to Riley Leonard at Duke. And the schedule was much more difficult. They're still a really good football team. Um, so do I think he's in play? Yeah, I probably think he would be in play. But the third guy you mentioned is the guy that fits the criteria of substance, in my opinion, um, that I was referencing that I think is so important in in this job hunt. Um, he's a self-made man, started at the lowest levels, championship-level high school coach. Everybody in the state loves him. Um, you won't talk to somebody at the high school level that doesn't love Jeff Trailer. He spent time in the SEC as an assistant coach, so he understands the challenges. He understands that landscape and the components that go in to building a program and what it takes to compete against the likes of a, an LSU or an Alabama or an Auburn or a Georgia. And I, I think that, listen, the, the one thing, and you said somebody in the chat room there mentioned there being a, an A&M problem. And I, I think there's validity to that because there's been very little consistency and tie-in from the top down at this university. They've had multiple presidents over the last 20 years. They've had multiple athletic directors, all right? Um, they haven't, they, the mad rush that they've made over the last 10 years in catching up in facilities, upgrades, um, you know, trying to put forth a championship level approach. Um, that was probably 15 years later than most people were already entrenched in doing it. So now that they're there and those pieces of the puzzle are in place, um, it's probably the best time. Uh, for new blood to come in there. And I think Jeff Trailer would be an ideal selection. I mean, I, I really do. I, I I love those guys that have had to, to do it on their own. They've had to, they've had to build it up. They've had to make that leap from the high school to the collegiate level and go from being a head coach to maybe an analyst, then to a position coach, then back to maybe a coordinator. Then you become a head coach again. And then you build a program that was a fledgling program, you know, when he took it over. So, um, I, I love I love that call. Another one I was talking about yesterday that I think you got to look at look at is Lance Leipold. Do I think he would take it? 
I don't know if that's who he is. I don't know if that's the type of job that attracts him, but he fits a lot of that criteria I was mentioning. All he does is build and sustain excellence and win football games. That's it. And he's done it at places that is not easy to do it at, as we obviously know. Absolutely. Tom Luganville of ESPN. We're here for uh, for a whole hour. So about 47, 48 minutes we'll uh, jump in now to the games on the field. But that's Texas A&M who will now be looking for a coach. And those three names are being mentioned in a lot of circles. Uh, before we talk Alabama and then what went on in Happy Valley, let me tell you about a great deal I got for you right now with our friends at WhoIsCoffee. com is their website. Or you can go to our website, nextround.store, next Round.store and use the easy link to go download and get the great coffee there from who is coffee including the next round blend that we have uh you get 20 percent off right now this holiday season 20 percent off if you use the promo code tnr20 tnr20 gets you 20 percent off great gift uh put it in the stockings of the people you love that you know love coffee take it to co-workers and just enjoy it yourself and get on a regular subscription there with who is coffee who is coffee.com who is coffee.com or next round.store tnr20 is your promo code and it gets you 20 percent off tnr20 20 percent off who is coffee.com or at next round.store man alabama's rolling i really believe <laughs> I really believe this Alabama team right now would beat that Texas team the way Texas is playing right now by two scores. And I believe this Alabama team would beat the Texas team the way they were playing back in week two in a very close in a closer game. But I still think this Alabama team would win. You can't put that one out. out. You played that game, no. and it's going to haunt Alabama to the very end. But they have found and adjusted – and fit Jalen Milrow's scheme now, and it is so impressive week in and week out. Man, Milrow's cooking, and they have changed the way they call plays and run offense for this guy. Remember remember after the Arkansas game and I came on here and I told you, I was like, man, these guys are going to screw around and make the college football playoff. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> and then since then, it's just gotten better and better and better. And I, I do think, you know, we talked all – August and really the first month of the season about, you know, not trying to stick a square peg into a round hole, not trying to mold Jalen Milroy into something that not only is he not, but he's probably likely never going to be. And allowing his athleticism and the things that he does effortlessly lead the charge. And that's what they have morphed into right now. We have designated called QB runs now. We have movement of the pocket and changing of the launch point. So he gets out of the pocket and can become an immediate run pass threat based upon what he sees on the perimeter. Um, have you noticed that we're no longer um, having fits about the offensive line play? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they've improved. Number two, the run game has really, really improved on early downs. And I think number three, maybe most importantly, for all of Jalen Milrose's efforts to develop and become a guy, there was a real, there was a real stretch there where he had brain lock in the downfield drop back passing game where he would not get rid of the football. So he worked himself into some of his own QB pressures, some of his own QB sacks. You watch the last two weeks of this offense, that ball's coming out of his hand. He is not hesitant. I remember Tommy Reese telling us before the Arkansas game that we keep trying to ingrain in him. If you see it, cut it loose. 
You don't have to take the next guy that's 10 yards down the field. If the seven-yard slant's right there, take it. If the little option right off the HBO, uh, RPO is there, take it. And we're seeing more and more of that. Well, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden he's not under pressure. Offensive line's not anywhere near as scrutinized. And so I just feel like, and I said this last week, really, I feel like I see an instinctive, confident player because he's not being asked to maybe be something that he's not. And um, you know what I see a lot of similarities to, Jim, a lot of them, is the early the early development and the early playing time of Jordan Travis at Florida State, all right, during that 2019-2020 season where he was the most scrutinized player, and then look what we have now. And I think we could be moving that way with Jalen Milrow, and um, it's fun to watch, man. I Listen, I asked our broadcast crew on Saturday night because we had just gotten off the field with, with Texas and TCU. And we've seen Texas twice and Alabama once in the last five weeks. And I, and I said, all right, guys, off of today's results, forget the rankings. Who do you think are the two best teams in college football right now? The two best teams. Forget the rankings, forget the records. And we all thought Georgia and Alabama. Michigan in the conversation, okay, Oregon in the conversation, but I would not want to play Georgia and Alabama right now. Now, we'll see what the committee ends up doing, um, but I, you make a great point, Jim, because what, when you play, who you play, where you play, and the value of improving as a football team, you can't discount it. You have to account for what you're seeing right now. doesn't mean the head-to-head doesn't matter. It does matter. But, like, don't allow what you're seeing right now to be discounted either. Right. That's how I would phrase it. Yeah, now, I, I, I'm not going to backtrack on what I've believed my whole life is that in college football, we've got to, you know, week one and week 12 needs to count the same to me. I mean, they're all regular season games. So Alabama lost mm-hmm. that game. But I heard you say about Washington and Oregon, you've said it on the show too, that they're going in different directions right now. Yeah. And you can't tell me Alabama and Texas are not going in different directions. They got Quinn Ewers back and he may not be a hundred percent. But Texas against Houston, Kansas State, and TCU have been lucky to get out with wins. They're not that forget impressive. They've just been lucky to win the games. Well, not only that, they gotta go on the road to Ames this week. Right? Right. And I'll credit I'll, I will I will credit Steve Sarkeesian and this Texas football team for doing one thing, and maybe it'll come to an end. I don't know. But they've done the one thing that has plagued this program since 2009. They have found ways to win games instead of finding ways to lose them. They have won games in a different fashion. They've won games with a backup quarterback. That's a good Kansas State football team now. Yes. I, I understand how the game ended, but Kansas, if you watch how that game unfolds, Kansas State crawls back into it, but Texas was on the verge of maybe having the greatest defensive performance they've had there in 20 years. Um, but they found ways to win games. They're making it interesting, not always pretty, but from a personnel perspective, it's it's easy to see why they are in the hunt because they look like an SEC team. The problem is they have so many better players in the teams that they're playing, but they can't put anybody away. And I think that's a bit concerning to me. Okay, one more uh, thing on Alabama's path 
and well, actually, two more things. One of them is Oregon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they survived USC thirty six twenty seven. Probably not as dominant of a performance as we thought it was going to be against that defense. USC's defense a little bit better, but Bo got Bo Nix got off to a hot start. Four twelve mm-hmm. passing, twenty three of thirty one. They went at thirty six yeah. to twenty seven. My takeaway there is Dan Lanning's defense at Oregon held Caleb Williams and USC to 27, and that's doing something. I thought Oregon would score more, but Oregon's a good football team. Their log jam was a one-loss Alabama right there with Texas, uh, but they don't have that win over Alabama. That one doesn't scare me as much as Texas does. But Oregon and Washington, Washington edges out Utah 35-28. Washington roadblocks at Utah offense in the second half, shutting them out. And they're able to get mm-hmm. the win. As those two are on a collision course, it looks like, for the Pac-12 championship game, do you think Washington Washington can stick the landing and get there unbeaten? Because now they got Oregon State and then Washington State in the Apple Cup before they play Oregon in the title game. Yeah, I would be very concerned about Oregon State. Very concerned. Um, it'll be the best, outside of Utah, it'll be the best defensive team, um, probably, that Washington's team to this point, um, that would concern me. Washington State wouldn't concern me as much, although it is a rivalry game. Um, and who knows, we could see a, a, a snowstorm in the Apple Cup. We've seen it many times before. Um, and Oregon State's in Corvallis, I, too. That does help uh, help the oh, Beavers. Oh, yeah. 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 I, th- I think it does. And I think I still think they're a really good football team. And, you know, I think Washington, they deserve credit, too. They're kind of hanging on by a thread. They're a little like Texas. They're kind of like how we just described Texas. Yeah. I don't think they're as talented with their personnel um, on either side of the ball, but particularly in their defensive front seven. Um, but they're finding ways to win. It just isn't in the same fashion in which Oregon is winning. It's not in the same fashion um, in, in which Georgia looks right now. So, listen, I – I think still think Oregon's the better team, even though Washington has the head-to-head, and I think we're going to find out um, when it's all said and done because those two, I believe, will will play each other. The question is, what, you know, if if Washington's undefeated, um, that could have an impact on the college football playoff because if Washington has a loss, and let's just say you go into the the, the, the Pac-12 championship game, Oregon beats Washington, right? Well, that helps a Texas, an Alabama, so on and so forth. Because now, because of a regular season loss in a championship game loss, Washington's done. Right. So um, that's a component to be looking out for, too, over the next two weeks. Yeah, and it takes away a better quality win for Oregon at that point as well. Great point by Lugs there. The other path to Alabama's playoffs, other than Georgia and the SEC championship, which is now set, Georgia and Alabama, is an Mm -hmm. Auburn team. Um, you know, Alabama's got Chattanooga this week. It's a get healthy game. Yeah. And then it's Jordan Hare Stadium, always tough to play in, and an Auburn team that has found its footing offensively. Uh, their third straight mm-hmm. win, albeit now against Vandy, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. But they go on the road and they hand it to Arkansas in a blowout, never close, and they beat them every which way you can. It's so badly that a lot of people are asking is Sam Pittman next to lose his job in, in Fayetteville? But yeah. now it does feel like Hugh Freeze has taken this group of mismatched parts and has found a way to get them productive just at the best time for Auburn fans or the worst time for Alabama fans with that Iron Bowl game <laughs> on the horizon. Yeah, they're like the island of misfit toys on offense, right? Right. And um, 
but you got to credit Hugh Freeze here. I mean, and, and we talked to him yesterday on our on our program, and I asked him point blank. I said, "What shifted?" Because if you look at the Ole Miss game, they lost to Ole Miss twenty-seven to twenty. They haven't been a good road team, and they have gotten off to horrible starts on the road. And I and I said, "What changed?" He said, "To be honest with you, he goes that game was was done." And I went into our staff room and I said, "Guys, I can't do this anymore. This is what I think we need to be." And this is what I'm comfortable with doing. And this is what we are going to do. And in that, in, in that instance, they settled on one quarterback and they made a concerted effort to move away from only trying to run the football with the quarterback to getting Jacquez Hunter back in the fold. Oh, he's been Look different. Look at Jacquez yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Look at him the last four weeks, right? So you get a little more consistency in the quarterback position. It's not perfect, but you have stability. And now you're able to line up and run the football on people, and you're playing great defense. You're creating turnovers. You're having short fields on offense. Um, it, it's really been impressive what they've been able to do. And yeah, you had a recruiting class here and there over the next couple of years, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the football. Um, you know, Auburn's always been able to get good defensive players. But I just think from a coaching staff perspective, and, and Hugh Freeze is the head coach, it was like, hey, we, we tried to do everything we thought we needed to do to come up with a way of moving the football, especially early because they just couldn't throw the football a lick. And then he just said he got tired of it. And uh, and look at what the results that we have now. I mean, it, it's uh, pretty impressive what they've done. I think I think at the end of the day, they'll finish 7-5 and five and it'll be one of the best 7-5 and five coaching jobs we've seen this year. Yeah, Hugh Freeze and the recruiting continues to improve for him as we approach that early signing period coming up in December. Show being brought to you by our friends at Way to Wellness, Leslie and her board certified team, ready to help you as you move in through the holiday season. Maybe a family member or a friend. I don't know about a friend if you would do it for a friend, but if you're close friends, you're going to at least point them in a direction. Uh, maybe they've been struggling with a weight loss, right? Maybe they want to jumpstart that weight loss. What a great gift that would be over the holidays. Or as you get ready to move into 2024 maybe that's a goal you want to set for yourself next year leslie and her board certified team will help you out go to this website it's a plan for me.com a plan for me.com it'll take you to their website you'll find out one thing first every plan is different designed specifically for you and then you'll find out there's no contract there's no sign up fees and your consultation's absolutely free so no out-of-pocket money at all right there uh so why not at least Go on the website and set up that first consultation for free and find out what Leslie has to say. It is Way to Wellness, your journey to healthy living. That website, again, a planforme.com. Still to come, we'll talk about hardball. We'll talk about what Michigan did to Penn State, Ohio State, Florida State, Georgia, the chaos that isn't there yet with two regular season weeks left. All that still to come. This is Monday Morning Live presented by MyBookie, mybookie.ag, promo code next round. Want more of the show? Download the app or visit nextroundlive.com for the latest podcast, The Mystery Fifth Hour, our Not For All Ages podcast, The Last Call, and the entire Double Down Media podcast family. All at nextroundlive.com and on the Next Round app. IV therapy, B12 injections, cryotherapy, and compression therapy all under one roof. It's our friends at HydroLive. Mention next round at checkout, save 20% off any service. HydroLive's got three locations, Homewood, Tuscaloosa, and coming soon to Greystone. 
Hey, Lance Taylor from the next round to tell you about our friends at Gutter Cap. Gutter Cap's that patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate that gutter cleaning. It's back with a lifetime warranty, almost 20-year service record right here in Birmingham. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever. 45% off the retail price now if you call guttercapbirmingham.com. Call my good friend Chris Stewart now, 205-823-2212. Cap it, don't snap it, it's Gutter Cap. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. You're not average, and the New Balance Birmingham store has the shoes and apparel to perfectly match your unaverage self. If we were all shaped the same and had the same level of fitness, and if we all walked and ran exactly alike, well, then I guess an average shoe store selling average shoes would be just fine. But you deserve better. At the New Balance Birmingham store, our specialists will match you with a custom pair of New Balance shoes that fit you perfectly. Come see us at the New Balance Birmingham store. Your feet will thank you. The Next Round Golf Cart is here. Your chance to play four area golf courses for just $89. Get 18 holes in cart at Limestone Springs, Cross Creek, the Meadows, and the newly renovated Woodward Golf Club. A $247 value for just $89. Get your golf cart now at nextround.store. The wait is over. Tonali has arrived. Beautifully distinctive Italian styling and performance. Come test drive the all-new 2024 Alfa Romeo Tonali plug-in hybrid at Alfa Romeo of Birmingham. The all-new Tonali offers best-in-class horsepower and torque. Fastest 0-60 to 60 times in its class. Plus best-in-class range with full electric charge. And best of all, qualified Tonali leasees are eligible for up to $7,500 EV tax credit factored into your lease. Hurry down to Alfa Romeo of Birmingham and experience the all-new Tonali. Want more of the next round? Download the app or visit nextroundlive.com for the latest podcast. The Mystery Fifth Hour, our Not For All Ages podcast, The Last Call, and the entire Double Down Media Podcast family. All at nextroundlive.com and on the Next Round app. Football season is here, and Legacy Credit Card is just what you need to manage your spending safely and wisely. Credit cards offer better consumer protection against fraud when compared to a debit card, which is linked directly to your bank account. Legacy offers rates as low as 8.9% APR on credit cards compared to major card providers who advertise rates as high as 29% APR. Look no further than Legacy. Open a credit card online in minutes at LegacyCreditUnion.com slash join. APR's annual percentage rate rates and offers subject to change. See website for details. Federally insured by NCUA. Monday morning live. But I, I need to send a bouquet of flowers to somebody. And I'll tell you who it's going to be right after I tell you about Blakely's Bouquets, the, the best place in the world to get flowers and any arrangement you need. You can order online from anywhere in America at blakelysbouquets.com, blakelysbouquets.com. You can call them over the phone here in the Birmingham area, 205-579-4900, 205-579-4900, or go in person right there, full-service flower shop on Oxmoor Road in Homewood, Blakely's Bouquets. These folks are so creative. They're young and cool, and they can design anything for you, and they can get anything for you. That's why I love them. Blakely'sBouquets.com. Blakely'sBouquets.com. Lukes, I would send a bouquet of flowers to Brian Kelly. Not you, Lukes. I'd send it to Brian Kelly because they win, LSU does, over Florida 52-35. Jaden Daniels is great. But, oh, Mm -hmm. Brian Kelly, who's tried to be Mr. Nice here in the SEC, starting to show a little Yankee in him all of a sudden. He's now now bitching and moaning about the targeting call from Dallas Turner last week. 
And, you know, he his, his guy gets run this week and saying my guy was making a football play, and he literally says Dallas Turner was trying to knock Jaden Daniels out of the game. And I'm listening to your show, and everyone's talking about it in the chat room yesterday, when a guy who sounded a lot like Brian Kelly calling himself Roy from Texas called your show and was like, hey, that guy is a criminal at Alabama. <laughs> he called him a serial criminal. Yes. And I thought he was crying on the call. Like, I asked my partner, Barrett Slay, I was like, was he crying? Like, first of all, why is everybody so invested in Dallas Turner? Like, first of all, and let me say this, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but every defensive lineman and linebacker that I've ever played with, ever known, ever been around as a, on a coaching staff, when they got a shot at the quarterback – which one of them doesn't want the quarterback out of the game? Like, I that's the mentality you got to have as a defensive football player, right? Um, and here's my issue with this whole discussion, and I can't believe it's still dragging on, is he was penalized for it. Yes. It, it, people are acting like a flag wasn't thrown. That, that's what I don't understand about this whole entire thing. And so, and to make, to levy... To levy an allegation that somebody was trying to deliberately hurt another player, like that is such a subjective statement. You have no validity to to, to base that upon. There, I, where, where, well, I mean, it was a it was a big hit. Period. Yeah, Dallas has three violent plays on his resume. He was the guy that hit Quinn Ewers last year and drove him to the ground and knocked Quinn Ewers out for a few weeks. He, uh, you know, as linemen do, he did reach and trying to get Jackson Dart while being blocked and did have probably the most violent face mask I've seen in my lifetime, grabbing Jackson Dart and ripping the helmet off of him. And then he had this one. Those are three bad. I mean, if you edit those together, you can make a case that Dallas Turner is a head hunter. Yes. Well, Um, three plays in three years. What are we, is that what we're saying here? Yeah. 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 For every one of those three you just listed, I'll go up and pull with 25 of him just making a form yeah. tackle or uh, shooting a gap and going low and bringing a guy down by the ankles. How many times have we seen a guy getting blocked trying to one-arm somebody and then you reach out to try to make the play yes. and maybe you grab right here, but instead you get that face mask and it can come off and look real – listen, I'm not, I'm not a Dallas Turner defender. I just don't understand what all the attention is on this one player on a play that happened two weeks ago, and we see these types of plays all the time across America. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. And, and, and one more point on this, because I'm, I'm really upset that Brian Kelly literally said, and it, and it wasn't reviewed. They didn't review it. Well, I mean, Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels was down on the ground for a while. And for Brian yeah. Kelly not to understand that it was being reviewed during that whole oh, time. The whole time. I mean, Brian Kelly is a head football coach in the SEC. Hopefully he truly knows enough about the process to know that while his quarterback is on his back and being checked out by medical personnel, that it is being reviewed in Birmingham at the SEC offices in the stadium there. Uh, it does, the white hat doesn't go over because they looked at it and they didn't buzz down and say, hey, we need to look at it. They looked at it and said it's not targeting. We looked at it now yeah. long enough that we don't need to continue the action to put on a show for apparently Brian Kelly and anyone else to make us look like we're looking at it. It was looked at. 
and you got a 15-yard yeah. roughing the passer penalty as far as the outcome of the game, wouldn't got it one single yard more, and Jaden Daniels wouldn't have come back into the game even if you'd kicked Dallas Turner out. So uh, Brian Kelly yeah. using his opportunity now to go back to that after a nice win over Florida where Jaden Daniels, despite the losses, has thrown himself back into the Heisman conversation with 606 total yards. Let's get to the biggest impact game in the country and another storyline that rivals Jimbo Fisher being fired for $76 million. After I tell you about our friends at Guttercap, Guttercap, they have the patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminated, eliminate gutter cleaning forever. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. All you have to do is go to guttercapbirmingham.com, guttercapbirmingham.com. And because you wake up with Luke's and me, you get 45% off the retail price right now. Call our friend, Chris Stewart. The phone number is 205-823-2212. 205-823-2212 or guttercapbirmingham.com. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever and never clean your gutter again. It is fantastic. Jim Harbaugh gets suspended. They do it on a Friday. So everything else is now Friday of a holiday weekend. They try to get a temporary restraining order. They can't get that done. That will now not happen until this Friday. So Jim Harbaugh does not coach in the game. But they've got T-shirts ready, Michigan does. Michigan versus the world or Michigan versus everybody, whatever it said. Uh, And now the biggest feud I've seen in recent years between a conference and a major brand, Michigan and the Big Ten going toe-to-toe. I don't know how long Tony Tony Petiti will be on the job as a Big Ten commissioner when you're pissing off Michigan and that brand in that conference, but he has done it. But on the football field, without Jim Harbaugh, Michigan wins the game against Penn State 24 to 15, and they only threw eight passes. Eight passes. Give me your takeaway. Yeah, give me your takeaway on how Michigan won this game. And do you think Michigan is in the conversation still as one of the best teams in the country? There's been moments this year I've said they're the best team in the country. I think that's Georgia right now, but Michigan's been in that conversation. After watching what went on in Happy Valley, what do you think of Michigan? I think that they're one of the lowest penalized, fewest turnover-laden teams in college football. They are built in championship areas, offensive line, defensive line. Um, They're a trench football team. They're a physical blue-collar football team. And anytime you can go on the road, I don't care if you're going to Penn State or you're going to Eastern Michigan, and you can line up and run the football 29 straight times, and the opponent can't stop you. Um, I think that tells the entire story of who you are as a program and what you are as a program as it relates to those kids and as it relates to their ability to block out clutter and distraction and focus on what they can control. I think that's what I came away most impressed with is is those, that's a resilient bunch at Michigan, and they don't allow things they can't control to interfere with performance on the field. And that's not an easy thing to do with 18 to 22 year olds. Um, I do think that despite Penn state's talent across the board, they're an above average football team. We, we just got done discussing Texas A&M and, you know, some of their failures and pitfalls in terms of getting their talent to play to a high level. I, you know, James Franklin might be the only coach on the planet 
that could go nine and three at Vanderbilt, but tops out at 10 and two at Penn state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that the bottom line is they've got NFL level players at almost every position. And in some positions, multiple and can't win big games. Now, listen, um, this was Michigan's problem too. Going back from 2015 all the way up to when they finally beat Ohio State, they couldn't beat anybody that was any good too. And that's what led to a lot of the Jim Harbaugh scrutiny. So James Franklin and this Penn State team are going through that right now. The only thing that bothered me, Jim, about Saturday is I I despise the fact that we are making Jim Harbaugh out to be a victim or a martyr. He's not a victim. And, you know, we poked fun yesterday on a radio show at Sharon Moore postgame. Dude, he didn't die. Yes. He got suspended. He's in a hotel room probably four blocks down the road watching this thing. And you're going to see him in about a half an hour. Like, it it was just, I I don't know, man. Listen, I love exuberance and excitement when you win, and you can be proud of your kids and the whole nine yards, but quit making him out to be a victim. They're in this position because within their infrastructure, regardless of who knew what or knew who knew what when, the conference has legitimate evidence to make the ruling that they made. Yeah. And so why 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 are we not holding Michigan accountable? Why are we turning them into a victim here? I don't I don't understand this. Michigan themselves not denying that this went on. I've yet to see them come out and say it did not happen. No. Yeah, they're not. And and listen, I'm I'm not necessarily in favor of the Jim Harbaugh suspension because I don't think it really does anything. What does it deter? How does it hurt the program? If you think what they've done is so egregious, then start taking scholarships away. Ban them from the postseason. Ban them from the conference championship game. That's right. But taking Jim Harbaugh off the field doesn't really do anything to the detriment of the program. Now, you may say, well, Lugs, what if they got into a tight game and they had to make some really critical calls and the head man's not there to do it? That I understand. I get that. I've been in that world. Um, But – also, the difference now between if this would have happened 20 years ago is you have analytics to fall back on. So if you get into that scenario, and Sharon Moore is over there on the sideline, and they've got fourth and two on the plus 48, right? And here's what the score is, and here's the hash mark, and you're on the road. Hey, what does the book say? All right, we're going to kick. All right, but you didn't have those elements before in coaching. You had a little two-point card. You had a card for two-point conversion. That's it. That's all you had. Yeah. And so I do, I do think a little bit of that is alleviated with analytics and helps a situation like this. And I think it would be unfair to assume very qualified coaches on Michigan staff couldn't handle critical decisions. I think you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they could. So in that regard, you know, losing, losing Jim Harbaugh um, in, in a game situation, all right, I, I'm, I'm, I'll have the debate about coaching scenarios and situations in, in tight spots, but you're also allowing him to coach during the week. Like, if you're going to suspend him, don't let him come into the building. That's right. Yeah, He, he can prepare his uh, team. It, it's a dog and pony show. If, if it's as, as egregious as you're making it out to be, then they, they should be not eligible for the postseason. But if they're eligible for the postseason – then don't suspend the coach. Let's just play this out and wait until after the year. Either either you've got to suspend yeah. them from the postseason because it's been so horrible what they've yeah. done and you believe it's been so horrible they can't play in the postseason because they've had a competitive advantage. But if you're going to let them play in the postseason, then let them play. This whole dog and pony show needs to stop. 
or if you don't think you can come to that conclusion in a timely fashion, then you let this thing play itself out. You get into the offseason, and now you really have the time to peel back the layers and make some serious considerations and determinations. And maybe you say, okay, for the 2024 season, we're banning you from postseason play. We're banning you for conference championship inclusion um, based off of X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. So I would get that for the year going forward. I can understand that, you know, from a timing perspective, maybe they don't have their ducks in a row to be able to make a determination like that. And that Petiti's sending a message, hey, we're on to you. We're not going to allow this to go, you know, untouched and not be addressed. But I still don't know if it hurts them in any fashion. Um, I still think Penn State's probably a three or four loss team if they were playing in the SEC, and this is even the toughest SEC I've ever seen. So I don't know how good Penn State yeah. is. Michigan is good. I don't know how good Ohio State is. They beat Michigan State. Marvin, Marvin Harrison. Better. Marvin Harrison is fantastic, but I think they got a problem yeah. at quarterback. Michigan and Ohio State coming up November twenty fifth, and that'll be a game that likely will put punch one of those teams, at least one of those teams, maybe still two of them, into the college football playoffs couple of more things before we get to everybody's reactions in the chat room georgia pounds Ole miss it seems like every time we prop up a big game for georgia right they go out there and buzz saw them and I, <laughs> I i caught i caught heat back in the summer because i think i forget who i had won but i had carson beck when i was ranking my sec quarterbacks for the year either two or three. I had him in my top three of SEC quarterbacks, and I did not have Will Rogers. And people are like, he's about to set the passing record, and you've got a guy who hadn't started in there. And I'm like, yeah, I just feel Carson Beck's going to be the guy. And he is he's the guy, man. Carson Beck is is cool, and he's got a, a skill set, man. I, I was 100% wrong on Carson Beck. Now, I didn't have to do any preseason SEC quarterback ranks like you were doing on your show, but – I, I had a ton of question marks with him, and a lot of it was coming out of high school. I wasn't as high on him as a lot of other people were. I was wrong. And he has not only met, but I think he's exceeded expectation. And um, he's got a lot of football ahead of him. And I will say this. Um, there is value in not playing until you're a redshirt junior. Right? I mean, right. we're seeing so many guys that may be talented that get thrown into the fire as a freshman or thrown into the fire as a true sophomore. And they haven't had that season development and maturity and growth and watch and listen and learn and practice. And I think there's a lot to be said for that with this guy. And then you surround him with really, really good players. And he's far beyond the expectations that I had. And just like you said, and we talked about it last week, every single time you try to tell this Georgia team, oh, somebody's going to get you this week. <laughs> it, 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 it's, you know, fire the guns, it's boat race time. Yeah, and they're good. Alabama, Georgia, regardless of what happens uh, down the stretch for either team in the SEC championship, again, coming up on December the 2nd. For Georgia, they've got Tennessee, uh, which I think they'll handle, and that'll be their 28th win, tying a couple of different Alabama teams for the longest win streak in SEC history. Then they get Georgia Tech, who I think they'll handle, which will set the Mm -hmm. record for the most wins consecutively by an SEC team at 29. That's how good Kirby Smart in Georgia is on the path to a three-peat. And I think, again, they are the team to beat when we get to the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, for the first time in 26 years of BCS and college football playoffs, this has never happened. 
and we've 26 years we've done this now bcs to college football playoffs we have gone through 10 weeks where now there are five undefeated power five conference teams that's never happened before in 26 years of the bcs and college football playoffs and then we're sitting there with some quality one loss teams in oregon texas and alabama there's a log jam at the top here and everybody keeps saying chaos is coming but we're running out of runway luke's for the chaos to happen listen you always hear people say it works itself out and it probably will it probably will um but if it doesn't, I'm here for all of it because I, I, I'm one of those folks that I, I want those decisions in that room with the committee to be difficult. I want them to have to really sit down and peel back the layers and ask tough questions. I don't want them to just be able to, to, to default to head-to-head. I don't want them just to be able to say, oh, well, they're undefeated and they've got one loss. I, I, I want it to come to a rubberneck at the end of the road and now all of a sudden you really you've got to study these teams and, and and come up with you know educated answers to serious questions so we'll see how the whole entire thing you know plays out i uh, obviously michigan and ohio state will play itself out um clearly you know barring something completely unforeseen georgia and alabama will play itself out in the sec title game doesn't mean it clears up the college football playoff picture but we'll at least know if somebody has two losses or somebody has uh, one. The Pac-12 we we know um, is is in the position that they're in right now. And uh, again, the Texas team that is sitting there, while the the rest of the the rest of the Big 12 is crumbling all around them, and pressure is mounting to see UCF do that to Oklahoma State. Yes. So now all of a sudden, it puts Oklahoma back into the mix of potentially being into the, the Big 12 championship game, whereas last week in Bedlam, you looked at them, you said they're done. Well, now they're not. The pressure that is mounting on the shoulders of Texas is enormous. And even if they weather that storm, it still might not be enough when you see a Texas Tech beat a Kansas, right? And and you're, you're, the whole conference around you is not helping you in any way, shape, or form if you're the Texas Longhorns. And I understand that they don't need anybody's help, but at the end of the day, they might be able to do all the right things and what if it doesn't matter because of how the committee views the Big 12? Um, Ohio State-Michigan winner definitely in, loser in the mix. Florida State doesn't look like they have anybody that can beat them. Texas, doesn't to me, doesn't look like they have anybody left that can beat them. Washington yep. and Oregon winner, we'll see if they get in. Georgia's in if they went out. Hard to imagine Georgia not being in there if they only lose to Alabama. And then it's oh, hard, they'd be in. Yeah, hard to imagine oh, Alabama not being in if they beat Georgia. Only got four spots. Been a, it would be a great year to have 12, but then I guess we wouldn't have this kind of excitement down the stretch. Okay, mybookie.ag brings you Monday morning live. You get a 50% deposit bonus if you use the promo code next round, mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag, QR code right there up on the screen. Man, it's like I'm a weather guy. I nailed that point right there, mybookie.ag. All right, here's some thoughts. Uh, Brett says Florida beats Florida State. Texas loses in Big 12 championship game, in his opinion. You think Florida really could have anything for Florida State? It is in Gainesville. I, I know it's in Gainesville. It's a tough place to play, but there's a, I think there's a pretty clear distinction on one team is a much better football team, and I think they're on a mission 
right now. Now, listen, stranger things have happened, of course. But I think the answer to that question is which Florida team shows up. Yeah. Right? A yeah. one that's competitive or one that just lays down. Yeah, they, they did score 35 on LSU, or as I like yeah. to call them, USC South. Uh, that yeah, defense. after getting beat by, by Arkansas. Yeah, good point. Goose got waxed by Auburn. Goose says Ole Miss, excuse me, Michigan and uh, Ohio State will work itself out. Um, but see, I don't necessarily think the loser of that game's out either because they don't go play in the Big Ten Championship game. And I don't think Georgia's out if Alabama wins. In fact, Blake says, I don't think the SEC gets in, gets one, uh, gets two teams in. We'll be lucky to get one in if Alabama wins. What do you think about that? If Alabama wins the SEC, uh, is there a scenario where both Georgia and Alabama is both left out? No. No, I'd love to see somebody paint that picture. I, listen, we had a Big 12 championship last year where the team that went to the college football playoff lost in the Big 12 championship team. Right. And you can say what you you can say what you want, and I know Alabama didn't deserve it, but I had that Alabama Kansas State game in the Sugar Bowl against the Big 12 champ, and that was varsity versus JB. So if they're not going to leave a TCU out, <laughs> they're certainly I'm not going to leave a Georgia or an Alabama or both out. Uh, Ted says, after the Penn State game, can't believe Franklin fired his OC, which isn't the overall problem. The offensive play calls are horrible, but the quarterback can't hit the side of a barn. Oh, The quarterback, Drew Aller, looked like a deer in the headlights yesterday. He really did. He just looked like he wasn't ready for the moment. He missed so many open targets. That's not on play calling. That, that's on execution. That's on the quarterback not getting the job done. Um, and listen, okay, you want to make that move if you're James Franklin. There's not going to be very more moves to make, right? Because eventually you're the last stop at Penn State. So I was surprised by the move because I thought the quarterback just played horrible. Um, Goose says Jimbo was just the first domino to fall in the coaching carousel. Uh, now it's a race to get a coach in place. I can see Florida dropping Napier uh, soon as well. There's already been reports going all weekend that Mississippi State may move on from Zach Arnett. He had basically just a better than coordinator, less than head coaching um, contract. His buyout's only $4 million, which in SEC money is uh, nothing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in those two places. Uh, Johnny writes in, my favorite part of Alabama, no sacks this week against Kentucky. You talked about why that's improving for the Tide. Yeah, listen, I think if you pay close attention on passing downs to Jalen Milrow, and if you go back to the first four, five, six weeks and you watch him on passing downs, you'll see how much he got them in trouble. And I think they've got that ironed out. They've got it ingrained in his head. Listen, either get the ball out or run. Don't stand there with it. And that's the difference we're seeing right now with the offense. Okay, about two minutes left in the show. Jerry says, do you think the fact that this is the last year of the four-team field will have any influence on how the committee goes about selecting between Bama, Texas, and Oregon if none of them lose the rest of the way? Um, I mean, no, I I, I don't. I think, uh, number one, they'll do what they always do. They'll look at head-to-head. They will look at strength of record, strength of schedule. And then I think they'll do what you and I did when we jumped on this on this show this morning in the first ten minutes. They're gonna they're gonna put into account what they're seeing right now. They will value improvement, um, and there's been proof of that in the past, uh, particularly with Ohio State in 2014. 
And so um, you've, you've got to weigh it all. Um, and I, I do think, as I mentioned before with this committee, if they can default to the easy move, they will do it because they'll receive the least amount of criticism. And in this regard, that would put Texas over Alabama. Yeah. Uh, BT Berry says, my first trip to Lexington this weekend. Good times. Kroger Fields PA system, yeah. though. Sounds like a bad 1A high school PA system. I would tell you, <laughs> I lived in Lexington for a while. I uh, One, go for, ba- go for basketball for Rupp Arena. Uh, two, horse racing at Keeneland. Three, the Bourbon Trail. Football was way down my list when I was in Lexington, Kentucky. We're out of time, Zlugs. Have a great week, man. We'll see you on all the other platforms. You're the best. All right, man. Great being with you, buddy. Always. Enjoy my Mondays with him. Gonna hate as the season winds down. Can't believe it's week 12, or as I like to call it, the crappy weekend of college football. <laughs> Not a lot of huge, big games. Thank you to my bookie, mybookie.ag, that promo code right there. I did the James Span again right there. Perfect point right there mybookie.ag promo code next round for all the deposit bonuses have a great week the next round is coming up with show number 575 at 9 a.m central see you folks